Our sermon text for today comes from the book of Mark, Mark the ninth chapter, verses 33 through 37. They came to Capernaum. When he was in the house, he asked them, What were you arguing about on the road? But they kept quiet, because on the way they had argued about who was the greatest. Sitting down, Jesus called the twelve and said, If anyone wants to be first, he must be the very last and the servant of all. He took a little child and had him stand among them. Taking him in his arms, he said to them, Whoever welcomes one of these little children in my name welcomes me, and whoever welcomes me does not, wel does not welcome me but the one who sent me. This is the word of God for the people of God. It's a good thing that in the church we don't really get into arguments about who's the best or who's the greatest or who has the most people in their church or who gives the best sermons or it seems like that's what everybody argues about, no matter what it is. It just seems to be a human situation. Now, how many of you stayed up last night and watched that team, whatever it's called, was it Penn State? And you were jumping around and cheering because you were winning. And people down south were saying other things because Auburn wasn't winning. We do this. We set up things where it's always us against them or we're better than them. It's, it's like we have this natural need to be better than someone else. And unfortunately, in the church, it's no different. You hear people, oh, so-and-so got appointed to this big church. And we think it's wonderful. Look, they went to a big church. I found out a long time ago, and this is my theory on ministry, big churches have big problems, little churches have little problems. I'll stick with little churches. But... There always is competition. This is our human way of doing things. And the disciples are walking down the road. And it's not only a competition. They're brothers. And you know how brothers and sisters are. You've got to compete. You've just got to compete with each other. It doesn't matter whether you're playing a board game or, or in life. We judge ourselves by how we stack up against those we compete with. And God says, that's not the way it is. That is absolutely not how the church should be. And God takes a small child and stands him in front of all of these disciples who are going to be the leaders of the church and says, unless you are like one of these, a small child, then you don't even understand what I'm all about. You don't understand what the church is about. And I think sometimes we need to refocus ourselves and look 
on what it means to be a child. What does it mean to be a small child? Now, I know most of us, I know me especially, if I had the chance to go back to childhood, I'd do it in a heartbeat. No problems. I didn't have to worry about whether supper was going to be ready or not. I didn't have to worry about whether I'd have enough money. wasn't even quite sure I understood what money was for. But for a quarter, I could buy a whole lot of stuff. The other thing about children is that children truly know what it means to follow after God's law, to love your neighbor as yourself. I remember specifically a situation that I was in. I was 12 years old. I went to visit my sister. My sister was 19 years older than me. She lived in a suburb of Detroit, Michigan. I grew up, of course, in northern Minnesota. And I went out. I heard the ice cream truck. The first time ever in my life, I got to get an ice cream from the ice cream truck. So I ran out, crossed the street, and there was a line forming, and I got in line to get my ice cream from the ice cream truck. And there was a girl who came up behind me, and I turned around and looked at her. She was different. She was black. It was the first black person I'd ever seen in my life. I was 12 years old. But I didn't think anything of it. She was just another person who was coming to get ice cream from the ice cream truck. And that was really what was important. It didn't matter what color she was, what color I was. It mattered what color the ice cream was. And what kind of ice cream that we were going to get. That's the wonderful thing about children. They look at people not for what they look like on the outside. They just see them as people, as creations of God. It's only as we grow older and we're taught to look down our nose at other people or to dislike other people because of whatever reason. It wasn't like I hadn't seen a person of color before in my life, just not that dark. Grandpa was really dark. He was half Indian. So he was a very dark brown. So I was used to seeing that. I grew up around the reservations, and I was used to seeing Indian people. So it wasn't that. We played baseball against them. I really didn't like it because they were pretty good. But I had seen them, and I didn't think anything of it. This was just somebody who was a little darker than they were. We look at people and we see what they look like on the outside. And we judge them by that. And that's not the way God looks at people. My last church, I had a wonderful, wonderful person. His name was Seth. Seth turned 35 while I was there and we had a big party for Seth. Seth was Down syndrome, and he was the most wonderful person. He only disliked one person, his mother's second husband. But anyway, 
because it wasn't dad. He just didn't quite know what to do with it. But he was a wonderful person. We went on a mission trip and we took Seth with us. And you would tell Seth to do something and he would do it. And he would keep doing it and keep doing it until you told him to do something else. And he would do it with a smile on his face. They, had, they wanted him to restack a stack of pallets from there over to there. Now, if they'd asked me to do that, I'd have been upset because I'd have thought, that's a waste of time for me because I can do other things that are more important. Not Seth. He moved every one of those pallets, and if they'd have told him to move them all back again, he'd have done it again, and he'd have smiled the whole time. That's how we are to live our Christian life. We're to live our life knowing that God is directing us. And no matter what goes on in our life, no matter what position we're in, no matter what situation we're in, it's not important what label the Lord or the world has put on you. I was thinking the other day, I could put a whole bunch of letters behind my name. So what? just means I'd have to write more. But that doesn't make me any better than anyone else. It just makes me different. And different is good. Because God needs different people. All of us giving our abilities, our times, our gifts to God. So we need to understand that we need to stop looking at people the way the world looks at them, and start looking at them the way God looks at them. The other thing is this story about the children. God takes a child and stands him in front of the disciples and says, you need to be like this. You know how many times I've heard people say, we need children in church because children are our future. No, children are not our future. Children are our present. You get children in church. You get a church that children are coming to, and you get a church that becomes alive. Because people understand that it's wonderful. I was, Ashley said this morning, kids will say the darndest things. It's because they tell the truth. And they're not afraid to tell the truth. I had a pastor friend who was very large. He weighed almost 700 pounds. And nobody would confront him on it. And he was doing a children's message one time, and one of the little children, not a normal child who was there, but somebody was visiting, a grandparent, <coughs> looked at him and said, you're fat. And you know what? He decided he was going to lose weight. He lost over 400 pounds because somebody was willing to tell him the truth. We need to remember that our children are a blessing to us. Oh, don't run in church. 
God, I was never told that. We had fun in church. Sharon told me when she was growing up, the youth group used to have races underneath the pews. In the sanctuary. They just didn't tell anyone. Because that's not allowed. Let us pray for children, but let them be children. Let them show us how to be excited about being in church. That's why I do science experiments. It is so amazing to see those little eyes and and the smiles. And the kids do it too, not just you. It makes church exciting. It makes the kids feel like they have a special place in this building. And it's right up here in front of this little cart. That's their place. They belong. It's for them. But they belong everywhere here. And we need to look at our children and remember that. This is their church too. And when little kids come and they don't quite know how to behave, don't worry about it. I have a little one at First Church who comes up to see me during every single sermon. She just learned how to walk not too long ago, and she'll walk right up beside me and stand up. But when I look at her, she heads back to mom. (laughs) But she's enjoying being there. To her, there's no difference in being in the church than there is being at home. That's what we need to share with people because that's the message of God. It's not who you are. It's not how big and important you are. It's that God loves you just the way that you are. And God wants you to be here. And if you want to race under the pews, go for it. I'd probably get down (laughs) and not get back up. But we need to be excited about church. And if we're excited about church and about what the church is doing, then other people are going to become excited. And when we all become excited, other people are going to say, hey, what's going on? Why are they so excited? Why do they like going to church? It's because when we come to church, we meet God. And God is excited.